The two Jills, a psychologist and psychic intuitive, reveal mind-blowing insights that turn psychology, self-help, and conscious teachings on their heads. Why? Because they work. Real help, sincere growth is here. Welcome to Sight. Hey, Jill. Hi, Jill. Um, so today, Jill and I wanted to talk about personal peace. And the reason that this is a topic on my end is because I have been feeling a lot of peace kind of recently. And a lot of my issues of not feeling peaceful were because I was so sick for so long and the body was in the way so hard and it was very difficult for me to find myself again and to find that place. And I feel for anybody who's in that space, it's rugged, it's rough, but coming out of it now, it made me realize that I still need to be looking for it. And these are some of the ways I think, you know, we'll talk about them. We want to sort of bring up some ways that we can, I don't know, find it, not find it, but work with it, appreciate it, bring it to the forefront when you kind of least expect it and luxuriate in it. And yeah, and just honor it. To me, peace is something that it's not something we find, it's something we create or something we allow. So I'm I'm so happy that that you're sharing this because I I know what it I know my version of feeling like I am in personal peace and times when I'm not. I don't mind some frenetic energy and some kind of like, oh, something important's happening or I'm pedaling really hard, but coasting feels really good sometimes. Yeah. And I think we don't, um, we don't give ourselves at least the type A's, the people who are product driven, outcome oriented. Coasting is not a a comfortable place for us. It, It just feels like we should be doing something. And I'm glad that you brought that up because I think coming out of this illness has given me appreciation for the coast. Right. Even to the point where you and I were discussing, let it's summertime now. Let's take the summer off. Let's come back in September. That's what people do. Right. They go on a hiatus, a siesta, a camp and and to really not just keep having to push through to allow for that. I never would have done that before. And so that's another piece of it. I think the letting yourself coast, there's a lot of. Oh my God, there's just a lot of um, comfort. I, I can't even think of a word. I need a word. It'll come to me. With personal peace, I also recommend that individuals don't wait until it's more readily available. It's almost like, I want to use the word fight for it when you need it most, but it doesn't have to be a fight. It can just be Um, enough of a perspective shift with your brain that you all of a sudden realize, oh, I'm making like this challenge or this goal into everything that's going on, but it's actually not everything that's going on. And when I think of neighbors and friends and clients that have serious shit going on, right? I want nothing more for them. 
than some, some part of them that does feel some sense of personal peace because it, I feel it gets us through them shitty times. And we all have times that are just like, when is this part going to be over? Yeah. And I, I do think there's, there's an obsessive piece to the brain when things are shitty because the brain is looking for the end of the shit, so to speak. And when you're looking beyond, it is very, it's not, it's not looking for peace. It's actually looking for a resolution. And in my case, there was none. So in looking for that resolution, I wasn't looking for peace and I wasn't, I wasn't making time for it. And things just kept ramping up. I kept taking on more on my plate. I kept, I don't know. I just, just kept moving. And my brain kind of in the background was obsessing about what was wrong. And all of that put together, just pushed the piece right out of possibility almost with that kind of mindset. So I like what you said before, it's that we, we create it and, and allow it, meaning we create the space for it. And that's what I realized actually coming out of it that I wasn't doing, but in hindsight, I realized I, I could do that. Um, and that's why I think, you know, talking about it today is, is like appreciate, I don't know, is it appreciate is it moving off the doing, Jill? Like, what is, like, I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. I almost want to offer an analogy that it's like, to me, it's like rooms in, rooms in a living, in a living space, rooms, apartment, house, whatever that is, that sometimes when I have different organization piles and all these different rooms, and then I know somebody's coming over and I'm, or I'm entertaining, I'll take all those piles because I'm a, I'm a organization by pile kind of person. I'll move all the piles into one, like maybe my laundry room is quite big and I have a lot of counter space in there. So I have different piles in there. And then it's almost like my to-do list or what I haven't fin finished yet or haven't figured out yet is all contained in one area so that the rest of the living spaces don't have that. So when I walk in the kitchen or I walk you know, outside on the patio, I'm not thinking about, oh, I've got that, I've got that thing I need to get through or fix. I wonder if the opportunity to create personal personal pieces like that, that there's a part of our brain that is, it kind of has moved the piles all throughout the house. It's moved the challenge or the pain or the suffering everywhere, and there's no break from it. So maybe it is like that, that in our thought space, in our brain, we're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I can't get rid of it, but I'm going to cordon you off into one contained area so that in these other areas of my life, these are the roles that I play. I have a break. I feel like uh, some of the professional um, men and women that I know, they some of them use that in their career when they have some really challenging issues going on at home or with you know the family, whatever. They sort of leave that behind and then they get to the office. And they're like, okay, this is my space where I can thrive. I can succeed. I know what to do. I know what's expected me. I have control over myself, control over my environment. So here I'll feel successful. I actually wonder for some professional people and some career oriented people, if that's why they spend so much time in the office or so much time focused on career, because it is where they feel the most successful and possibly the most personal piece. Yeah. Interesting. You know, it's interesting. I think, look, we all know that stress is um, affects 
affects the physical, our physicality, right? And I did have a doctor appointment this morning and I felt myself even in the doctor's office getting tense and tight and having my body kind of almost, I don't want to say relapsed, but definitely vestiges of the things that were upsetting me and like symptoms. And when I was sitting in the doctor's office, I started to really take stock almost like, even though you know that stress is bad for you, you never really see the correlation between the stressor and the way you feel. But I had been feeling good. I walked into the doctor's office. I started feeling bad and I was actually able to see what the stress was doing. And so when I got home in my mind, I was saying, I have to look at stress more, more carefully. I, I have to not endure it. I have to stop it. And then my husband did something and it was like, whatever, a little bit annoying. Right. But I, I was very clear. It's like, I will not sort of use this to stress myself. Right. And so I think that's what is, you know, an added space of, I'm not going to use this to harm myself. And that brings me peace. It's actively working with stress, which people don't feel that they can often do. They just feel it comes at you. There's, and you're just like, yeah, what are you going to do? But this moment that I had today made me realize that no, 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 you can actively say, this is a stressor. I'm going to like open up the possibility in my mind that this doesn't have to affect me. I don't have to process it as stress, but it's almost like changing up a belief system of what, what we think stress is, how we endure it, how much control over it we have. I think we have a lot more control over it. I, and I loved your word earlier about stopping it, right? Because it demonstrates that your belief system is that you do have personal authority, right? So stopping it may work. Um, the idea that you have the power to stop it, the idea that you are not your stress, you are the operator of stressful energy. And you can operate and experiment and be curious about something else that you're operating, right? To me, an antithesis of stress is is an idea of somehow this is all going to work out. And that is a belief system of mine. Somehow this is all going to work out. And that doesn't mean everything is going to go perfectly, but it does invoke this idea in my in myself that somehow I'm going to be okay and my people are going to be okay no matter what happens, right? Yeah. To me, that's a de-stressor. For some people, I know it's exercise. I know some people that are intense like they're not a happy person unless they get their five miles in of running every week or something like that, or their 45 minutes of cardio every morning. And I, re- I respect that. I, I hope all of us have some system. For me, it can be a gentle walk. Uh, for me, it can be sort of like giving myself a break from the stress by zoning out on a Netflix series or something that makes me laugh or something that requires focus. I like a Sudoku puzzle because it gives my brain something else hard to do. Uh, Not that it's that hard, but something that I'm good at, that I can feel successful at, and it does give me a break from that stress. So giving yourself a break, 
stopping it, exercising it out of you or sweating it out of you. There's so many strategies that I feel like people can use to create personal peace. I love the idea of coordinating it off though. Just like, okay, I, I, this is stressful, but I'm going to manage you and put a fence around you, a boundary, so that it's not leaking into everything I am, right? Mm-hmm. One example of this, I, I've, I know people that have lost loved ones and they went to work like that day or when I lost Samson. I wanted to be working because it was a distraction for me from the grief and from the sadness. And some people are like, how could you, I can't even imagine how you're here today. You know, so you lost so-and-so, a loved one to you. Um, And to some people, they're like, actually, this is the healthiest place for me to be right now, because otherwise I'm just wallowing in something that I can't fix. Yeah. And I think that's, that's important because it is a personal um, it's a personal experience. And so the way that you approach, um, peace and stress, right. There are two, the the two sides we're dealing with. I think a lot of people are running out and trying to get the right way to do it. Mm. And I think you and I are talking about all the time about personal autonomy. And it is, the question always is, how do I get myself back in the driver's seat of whatever this is? And if it's loss, if it's grief, if it's stress, and you and I talk a lot about how you don't have to change your external circumstances as much as you think, and you don't have to wait for that because the autonomy isn't there. And so we want to get back to where is my agency? And is if it is, I have agency over Sudoku puzzle, then that's what it is. Right. But it's important to put it in that context that we're not running away. We're not in denial. We're not shirking responsibility. Um, The brain says all of those things to us and it judges the way we approach a a lot of things. Actually, we allow it to um, because we've taken all that judgment in as we've grown up. And it just remains there because we don't clean it out. But I do think that don't ask other people how you do it. Feel into it. Make it your experience. Do this for yourself. I think sometimes going out and trying to find the answer and trying on somebody else's pants creates more stress than if it doesn't work, right? We feel it was a hopeless thing going out there in the first place. And it's hopeless when we can't bring it to fruition. So So it's our sovereignty, it's our centering, it's our approach to peace, and it's our approach to stress that is that is personal and have fun with it and respect it and don't make it that complicated. And protect it. I love the over don't overcomplicate it. In other words, simplify it, right? Simplify it, make it personal. What works for somebody else may not work for you. So keep experimenting until you have a system where you can create personal peace when you need it most, not just when it's easy, when it's harder and you really, really need it. Um, maybe you have hormonal teenagers <laughs> or, a, or a grumpy life partner or whatever. There's just so many reasons why you deserve personal peace. The other, hopefully, motivation for people is that you are a better you in everything you do and everything you are when you've created through possibly trial and error 
personal peace for yourself. You are a better you and you benefit from that. Everybody that matters to you benefits from that. Yeah. And it is, it, there is a certain amount of letting go in that, not in the classical sense, but it's, it's when we put ourselves in the sovereign space, we can actually let a lot of stuff go because we're not in the soup and we're not fighting life in that way. And we're not sort of the victim of it. So the letting go, once we put ourselves in the driver's seat is so simple. And so when this thing happened with my husband today, it was so easy to, to just not process it in a negative way because I had already climbed into the, the front seat. So that first thought about, about being sovereign and, ta- and taking control over the stress and the peace, we have to control both of those. Boundaries, the way we look at things, the way we interpret things, the way we operate ourselves amidst stressful things is so important. And there's so many choices there that sometimes the brain doesn't realize because we have patterns. We have habits that we've picked up along our years that may feel at times like it's the only choice we have. And that's never true. The brain may have its its go-to response and go-to mechanism that is often the antithesis of peace, but that can be that can be reconfigured. And even being curious about it, when somebody is feeling lack of peace, whatever that looks or feels like to them, just like, okay, I was peaceful two seconds ago, and now I'm not, what changed? And then immediately after what changed, what do I want to be right now? I, I, ideally for, for me, my value system, I always want to be a refuge of peace again for myself and for everyone. That to me does not mean I'm oblivious to what's going on around me. It doesn't mean I've cordoned myself off in some sanctuary of the house where I control everything, right? It means I'm out in the world. I'm, I'm living and as, you know, awake and aware as possible. And yes, claiming authority over what I am in situations. Am I always what I want to be? No, (laughs) no. This new thing I'm doing with real estate, I find myself being frustrated and weirdly competitive. Um, That, that, that college, you know, business, you know, economics. Oh my God. I know. I just remember sitting in economics class going, I'm going to be, I'm going to be competing with every one of these people for a job in two years. And I was just like, if I can't get the high in the class, then I mean, like my chances of being success, as successful as I want to be go down. So I'm you know, sitting there with these fellow real estate agents. And of course, we're, we're supposed to be a team and all those things, which I, I completely agree with. And yet there's a part of me going, you better be your best girl. Because <laughs> if, even if it is a team, I want to be a strong player on the team for the win-win outcome of me being my best and supporting the best in others. But anyway, that part of my... My right brain, of course, it's not truly the right side of the brain, but what we call the right side of the brain gets over-engaged and sometimes it's fun and I like the challenge, but sometimes I let it be at the expense of my inner peace and my personal peace. And I, I, I'm honing that right now. Look, it is, you know, I don't like the word balance. I don't think it is a balance, actually. I think it's, it's an awareness okay. and to the extent that we're maintaining awareness we can be more responsive to the extent that we're not maintaining awareness. We become more reactive 
And reactive is exactly what it says. This has happened before. We've all been here before. And the responsiveness is well, something new can happen in this space, right? Because I'm not bringing a program to it. So it is about awareness, not balance. In the way I look at it, balance to me is a pipe dream. <laughs> I don't think it exists. <laughs> I, I always want to. I almost want to invite V in here and have her talk about it from a chemistry standpoint or physics. <laughs> well, exactly. the fulcrum, the fulcrum point, <laughs> you know. Anyway, now I know we're wrapping up here, but I hope there's a lot of tools here for anyone whose brain immediately goes to outside factors and uncontrollable variables. I really, really hope you heard something different today. This yeah. isn't about that. This is about how you are operating within your inner sphere amidst those things being likely less than ideal, likely not what you'd want it to be. And you claiming, okay, what do I want to be in this moment? Whether it's in chaos or grief or stress or whatever, you I still give, have choices. We do. I want to give a quick like visual because that sometimes helps. I look at it as a tornado and the eye of the storm. If you're standing in the middle of the tornado, you have the swirl going on around you, but the middle is calm. But you also know that if you stick your foot into that swirl, it's going to take you right out of the center and you're going to be you're going to be in the swirl. So the question is just watch yourself, are you sticking your foot into the swirl or do you want to pull it back? Right. And so one is the stress that's swirling around you, and the other is the center, the centerpiece. And that tornado visualization has helped so many of my clients to just be like, wait a minute, I'm in the swirl, get back in the center. And and it makes you cognizant of what you're doing when you're stepping out. You that's know beautiful. what's gonna happen. Yeah. That's really good. I love that because even in the that's true, even in the midst of a typhoon, a hurricane, a tornado. There's a space at the center of it that actually is calm, which is freaky to think about it. That's very true. That's perfect visual. Thank you. All right. So I think that's a wrap on stress and peace or personal peace. Yes. Uh, and like we said, we're going to take um, a couple of what? couple of weeks off, July and August off? I think so. Yeah. And maybe you guys may see some replays, some favorites, if Jill and I are, are structured enough to do that. Um, but yeah, there, there's probably going to be some weeks that go by where there's not a new episode and we'll be back. All right. Love it. Thanks, Jill. Thank you.